Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Life is a journey. Uh, Have you ever heard that phrase? I mean, it's a metaphor that gets used so much. Even celebrities on Strictly talk about the journey that they're on. But life, well, life can be described in many ways, can't it? You know, we speak about the seasons of life, about the highs and lows of life. You know, the great prophet of our time, Ronan Keating, sang, life is a roller coaster, you've just got to ride it. But each analogy reminds us that life isn't static or constant. And being prepared to face each season, each part of the journey is important because there is so much that we can learn through these experiences. I mean, we love the mountaintop experiences when we look around and life is good and God feels close. Relationships are strong and financially we're doing well. You know, it's as if the sun is shining on us all day. But we dislike the valley times when life can seem in shadow, darker, you know, when it feels a bit hedged in, when grief hits hard. You'll know the phrase, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But there's another metaphor that the Bible authors give to those harder times that last longer than a valley experience. And that's when we enter into the wilderness a dry and a barren place, a desolate place where we can feel very alone. And often the wilderness is a place that's hard to get out of. You know, we spend lots of time wandering around without getting very far and we can feel lost and disorientated. And maybe that's where you find yourself right now. Maybe you're in a job that brings no satisfaction and you wonder uh, whether you should stay or go. You know, it's pulling you down, it's sapping you of energy, but you don't really know the way out or the way forward. And maybe your key relationship has got stuck. You know, it used to be fun and full of life, but there just doesn't seem to be much love there anymore. And you feel stuck and very alone. And you're hanging in there, but you're a bit lost as to what to do. Maybe the wilderness would describe your relationship with God. You know, before the pandemic, it was strong and you felt God close. But now, well, now reading the Bible and praying just seems a bit pointless and you don't get anything from it. And it feels dry and distant. And even venturing out to church doesn't bring the same feelings that it used to. Listen, if any of these describe where you're at, don't panic. I don't know of many people who don't struggle with work life at times or struggle in a relationship or even struggle with their relationship with God. You know, sometimes these times are actually important experiences to go through in order for us to grow 
they develop us, they teach us new things. But what I want to do today is to show you one big thought and then we'll come that we'll come back to again and again. And I pray that this won't just be true, but it would be true in your heart as you hear it and as you live it. And it's a phrase used by Craig Rochelle, a brilliant church leader from Life Church in the States. And the big thought is this, that your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. So this morning, I want to go to a story in the Old Testament uh, where this was lived out and experienced in a very real way. It's found in 1 Kings 19. But let me set you the context to start with. Elijah the prophet had been quite... um, or had literally had this mountaintop experience, experiencing the power of God in a very dramatic way. And life was good. You see, he'd challenged 850 prophets of Baal, the so-called God of rain, to a showdown as to who was the real God, Baal or the God of Israel, Yahweh. And the God of Israel won convincingly. And almost immediately after this, we see Elijah go from a mountaintop experience into the wilderness, where he's desperate and depressed and he feels alone and scared for his life. You see, after winning the challenge on the mountaintop, the queen of Israel, who had tried to turn the faith of the people towards this false god Baal, she declared war on Elijah. And she sent word saying that by this time tomorrow, he would be dead. And this was Elijah's response. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Now, I've been to Israel and I've visited Mount Carmel. And do you realize that Elijah ran a hundred miles to get away from Queen Jezebel? No taxis, no buses, he ran. Honestly, he was the Forrest Gump of Old Testament Palestine. You know, run, Elijah, run. And Elijah was running for his life from the most amazing mountaintop experience to ending up in the wilderness alone, scared and hurting. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. And then he said the words that many of us have said, you know, when it's all just got too much for us. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Now, he had won a great battle. He'd fought with bravery, with boldness and courage. And now he finds himself in the wilderness, afraid, alone, and at the end of his rope saying, that's it. I've had enough. Ever been there? (laughs) Ever hit the I've had enough Lord button? I tell you, I'm certain some of you have. It, It may be financially when you've worked so hard not to go into debt and then your dog gets ill and you have this huge vet's bill to pay or the car breaks down or your freezer stops working and there's another bill to pay and you just feel overwhelmed. You know, I've tried so hard, but I've I've had enough, Lord. Or maybe you're single or divorced and you've been on dating apps and you've tried and you've longed for a relationship. But after another failed attempt, after another potential relationship has just fallen through, you're kind of at the end of your rope and you cry out, I've had enough, Lord. It might be. Or it might be that your marriage or your house move falling through again or another job rejection. 
you know, if this is you, if this is how you feel, if this is the wilderness that you find yourself in, you are not alone because this is where Elijah found himself. And yet Elijah had experienced the presence of God in such incredible ways. I mean, the backstory to Elijah is amazing. Israel's king Ahab had married a foreign woman called Jezebel, a very strong evil woman who had brought her own god Baal to worship along with hundreds of Baal prophets and priests. And Baal was supposedly the god of the weather, the god of rain. And God called Elijah to go to the palace to announce that Israel's God was going to withhold rain until Elijah gave the word. And Elijah gave the message and then disappeared. And for three years, it didn't rain. The whole country was parched and Elijah is, is nowhere to be found. And meanwhile, God was protecting Elijah, providing him in miraculous ways. And after three years, he returned with a challenge. He says, don't waver between two opinions. If God is, or if Baal is God, let's worship him. But if the Lord is God, then let's worship him. So he sets up this challenge and he builds an altar on top of Mount Carmel and he challenges the prophets of Baal, all 850 of them, to call down fire onto the altar. And they try for hours, but nothing happens. And then dramatically, Elijah steps forward and prays to God to prove that he is the one true God. And God shoots down fire from heaven and burns up the altar. And the prophets of Baal are defeated. And then Elijah calls on God to send the rain. And to start with, all he sees is this tiny cloud in the distance. But he has faith to believe that God was bringing the rain. And he did. And Elijah experienced the presence of God, the protection, the provision of God, even the power of God. And then one woman threatens his life and he runs away and he finds himself alone in the wilderness. No one understands him. No one's there to cheer him on. And the wilderness is this environment of scarcity, of hostility and uncertainty. It's not a comfortable place. I've been there both physically on my trip to the Holy Land and emotionally when life and faith just hasn't made sense. But I love how God meets with Elijah's needs in the wilderness. You know, God doesn't give Elijah a sermon or tell him it's his own fault, that it's, it's down to him that he's in this mess. He doesn't question Elijah's faith or tell him to buck his ideas up. No, Elijah was exhausted and deflated and he slept under a broom tree, one of the few plants that can cope with the wilderness environment. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he kind of looks around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Often, you know, when when you get burnt out, when you've worked and battled so hard and you're exhausted, the most spiritual thing you can do is take a breather, is to have a rest, take a break and let God restore your soul. Because the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. I love this. God comes again. Why? Well, because God hasn't given up on Elijah. And listen, God hasn't given up on you. God is pursuing you. You know, maybe today will be a reminder for you that God hasn't abandoned you in the wilderness, that he keeps pursuing you. And if you don't get it today, well, he'll come back again to remind you that he loves you and that he'll provide for you for everything that you need again tomorrow. 
So Elijah got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. And the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And at this point, Elijah does what I'm good at doing. He becomes a little whiny with God. You know, I can find that I do this when God doesn't answer my prayers in the way that I want or when life doesn't go the way that I choose. You know, some of my prayers can often be, it's not fair, God, you know, I'm doing my best for you. I work hard and I try and I serve you. And yet you don't answer my prayers or act in the way that I think you should. Kind of whiny, whiny, whiny. And Elijah starts whining. He says, I've been zealously serving the Lord God Almighty and the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The poor guy is in a spiritual wilderness. He is hurting and his need is so big that he can't see beyond it. He feels alone and battered and vulnerable. And so what does God do? Well, God meets him at his deepest need. God brings some healing in the middle of his hurt. And that's why I hope you'll understand that your deepest need can become a gift when it drives you to depend on God. You see, God comes to him again and again and reaches out to him in his deepest need. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. This is what I need, thinks Elijah. I need God's presence. I'm, I'm scared for my life. I need God's presence. God is going to reveal himself to me. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. See, God wasn't in the noise, in the remarkable, in the dramatic, which is often where I want to experience and hear from God. God was in the ordinary whisper. And why is it that when life is so difficult, God's voice is so quiet? Why is he gentle? Why is his voice so still and so small? You know, if God wants us to hear him, why doesn't he speak loud and in spectacular ways? Well, if he wants us to know him and to hear him, why does he whisper? I'll tell you why. God whispers because he's close, because he's right there with you. And he whispers because he's near. You know, the devil shouts his lies, but the Lord God whispers his truth. God doesn't shout to get your attention. He whispers to draw you close. And what does he say to you? He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I've been with you every single moment and I love you more than you can imagine. And when you hurt, I hurt with you. And I'm in the valley with you and I'm in the wilderness with you and I'm in the storm with you. Why does God whisper? He whispers because he's right there close. 
Now, I've grown up believing that and experiencing that, that God is close. And I've heard the whisper of God at various points in my life. But I remember experiencing the wilderness after 10 years of leading the church. I'd recently married Sarah. My best friend had moved away and suddenly I felt a bit lost, you know, with so much change happening in my life. And it felt that I couldn't find God. And I struggled to read and pray and I tried, nothing happened. You know, honestly, I thought I was losing my faith whilst still leading the church. And it lasted for months. Now, I didn't hide it. I talked to people about it, but it was not a nice experience. And I needed to know God again and I needed a fresh vision for the church. And I went on a journey. I went on a leader's training week at a church in the States called Willow Creek. And it was there that I heard the whisper of God for the first time in months. I sensed God's renewed call on my life to lead the church and he opened my eyes to what church could become. And in my struggle at that time, my deepest need became a gift as it drove me to depend on God. And ultimately, that's what God wants from us, to be dependent on him, to trust him, to lean into him. That's what faith is. And we'll never choose the wilderness times in our lives. But when they come, God is at work pursuing us, drawing us close so that we can hear his quiet whisper and learn to depend on him. So if you're in the wilderness at the moment, don't give up. Don't throw the towel in on God. He's got you. He's close to you because he loves you. And he will whisper in the wilderness because he's close. And if you hear God's quiet voice, I want to, if you want to hear God's voice, I, I want to encourage you to carve out some time and say, God, I want to meet with you. I need your presence. I need you moment by moment. And the authors of the Bible say that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to you and that you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. And if you'll be quiet and if you'll listen, you'll hear the gentle whisper of a God who's always with you, who's always close. Hey, let me pray for you. Father, I want to pray for those who are in the wilderness right now, who are struggling because they feel alone at the end of their rope, hurting and confused. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself in the whisper? Would you show us that you're with us, that you're for us, that you care about us, that your grace is sufficient for us? Would you be our rock when our world is unstable and our strength when we're weak? And would you comfort and heal us where we're hurting and help us experience your presence? And would you whisper to us, reminding us that we're safe with you, called by you, loved by you, and that you've demonstrated that love to us through Jesus and his death and his resurrection. Please breathe your hope and your life into us so that we can follow you and serve you in these coming weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.